This episode of Toes on the Line is brought to you by Thorn. Thorn has the most extensive line of NSF certified for sport products. To receive 20% off any Thorn product, simply go to my website, coachgeograssi.com, and become a subscriber. Welcome to the Toes Line Podcast. I'm your host, Gio Grassi. Today, I'm bringing in Coach Joel Welsh, and I'm pretty sure you're a New York guy from the Bronx, straight out. I think one of my friends knows you, um, right? And you're out there in Central Michigan now, Coach. You've been doing this for a long time now. Uh, Power 5, FCS, FBS football. Um, you've been everywhere. Springfield grad, you're like the 150th person I've known that <laughs> went, <laughs> went and graduated from Springfield. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, take time, introduce yourself, talk about your background, how you got into this thing, you know, how you find yourself where you're at now. Excellent. I, well, first off, I appreciate you for having me on the show, man. I've really been, you know, listening no to what you're doing and what you've been doing for the profession is awesome. You know, any opportunity to have coaches on here and kind of give back to the profession is it's amazing. So I'm, I'm just grateful and humble that you have me on here in the first place. Um, but again, Joel Welsh, you know, I've been coaching now. Golly, it's been about 15 years um, in the profession. You know, I kind of started out, did my undergrad at Queens College, um, you know, City University out in New York City, small Division II program. I started out there interning, okay, well, for our strength conditioning coach at the time, and then wound up um, as the time went on, kind of taking the program over. Our director of sport medicine at the time was kind of running the program. He was kind of, you know, trying to develop a strength conditioning program because there wasn't one and was looking for help. And at the time, I was doing personal training as well. At the school, you know, I wanted to get into strength conditioning. I was trying to figure out how to how to do it, you know, and just kind of how life works sometimes. You know, opportunities, doors open, you go and you take it. And our, our um, athletic director was basically saying, hey, you're doing some good things. Do you want to kind of help out the strength conditioning aspect? I was like, absolutely. I'll you know, do this for free. Jump right in. And then, you know, our sport medicine director sat down with me one day and said, I, I, I can't do both. Um, I need you to really, you know, take the lead on this. And I, I just – Took it, you know. I took took full advantage of it. I was about twenty years old when I did. I had no idea what the hell I was doing, you know. <laughs> Made every single mistake um, possible that you can make. You know, I was a twenty year old young kid figuring this out. Um, did a lot of homework, you know. And that mm-hmm. time's funny when you have a passion in something that's incredible, but then that passion has to turn into some seeking knowledge, right? Because you just mm-hmm. can't love something you have to you know do some homework on what you're doing and to making sure you're giving the best product possible to those kids. So I was able to do that. You know, for about two and a half, three years. Um, from there, one up. Um, I also during my time there, interned under Ted Perlack, who was the head strength conditioning coach at the time at Fordham okay. University. Was an unbelievable mentor to me, unbelievable person and a coach. Had such a huge impact on me as, as a young professional coming up in this thing. Was with that program for about you know eight months, and then wound up going to Springfield College. Did my you know graduate assistant position there. Was there for two years, met some great people, unbelievable relationships that I still have today. Just learned so much from that place. During my time at Springfield, between my first and second year, I did an internship at the University of Iowa football. Um, was golly, it was probably the summer of 2011. Interned there. And then a year later, I was really fortunate to get offered um, the fifth um, position at Iowa, which at the time was basically kibbles and bits, you know, it was like 15k, but it was, you know, but I was just so jacked up for the opportunity. So I was at the University of Iowa football. Was out there from um, full time from 2012 to 2016, and then in August of 2016, was really fortunate to get the head 
strength conditioning coach position at Delaware State University. Was there for three seasons. Me, myself, and um, at my t- at the time, my assistant Tyler Kitzman. We were the only two assistants there, you know, and you know that small school mentality and finding a way to get the job done with eighteen teams. Then afterwards, was really fortunate to you know take the job here at Central Michigan University, where right now I'm going on our fifth season here at the program. So it's been it's been a fun journey. It's been a heck of a ride, but met some great people and, and great experiences along the way. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's funny because you coached at MEAC. I, n- I never coached at a uh, HBCU or MEAC school, but I played at Dell State. Mm-hmm. And, um, that that's how we kind of met. Um, kind of went yeah. down and we talked about you know talked some shop down there. How how would you rate your experience? Um, like at that level, because we always hear about stuff like we heard about like the Deion Sanders story. We're, we're starting to hear the Ed Reed story about. Yep. Um, I guess like no no like follow through. And I don't want you to bet. You don't have to bash anyone or anything because. You know, that's not what I want to bring you on here for, but just like talk about the struggles of just coaching at schools like that, like small FCS schools like that, where it's a huge challenge to just get, I don't want to say buying, but just like everything to come in full circle. You know, I experienced it as an athlete, man. It was tough. No, you got to go backwards, you know? Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes back in our profession. We talk about it so much, right? And we read all these books and, you know, if, if we talked to every single strength coach in the country, we all said, hey, know your why. We understand exactly what we're talking about, right? So yeah. all that stuff. When we get into the profession for the first time, we understand, our, we, we kind of understand our why. Mm-hmm. Why we got into coaching in the first place, okay? We, as strength coaches, we understood when we got into this profession, yes, it's not the highest grossing paid profession in the world. It's not. You know, you look at the percentage of people that are making, you know, really good money, when it comes into the global aspect of things, it's not mm-hmm. a huge percentage. And that's the reality of it, whether good, bad, and different, whatever it is, is what it is right now. But I think we all have the common thread and the commonality that we all got in the profession because for the kids, right? Help impact someone's life. And that's why I got into the profession. You know, when I was at Iowa, it was it was awesome. It was great. And I was out there for a certain amount of time. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. When I got the job at Delaware State, it was an unbelievable opportunity for myself, for my family. Mm-hmm. I jumped on that opportunity. Number one, because it was an opportunity to be a head, head strength conditioning coach, right. which I think is a dream of a lot of us, the opportunity to, to run your department and organization and grow. And I was at Iowa five years. You know, you get to the point where it wasn't myself personally. You've done everything that you could as an assistant. I'm looking for more growth. I'm looking for more self-development, maybe a little bit new of a challenge. And when I went to Delaware State, let me tell you something right now, I was there for three years. The relationships that was built in my time there, will will be with me today. I die. That mm-hmm. those kids taught me more than I could have taught them. That place, that institution, I've learned so much. You know, that program did more for me in my career than anything else. Any other person, to be honest with you, yeah. I owe a lot to my experiences, to that to that program, to that school, to those kids. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you're going back to the basics. Like there are hard jobs and there's easy jobs, right? Right. Like, right. Sometimes everyone talks about you know. You know, resource. We were talking about a little bit earlier about the resources and this technology and that technology, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all great. But then you kind of really figure out when you're pushed, and the resources might not be there, and the, the financial ability for your department to grow might not be there. You kind of figure out whether or not this profession's for you. You know, right, we had eighteen right. teams, eighteen teams, right? And it's me and one other coach, so we could have sat there and just say, "Oh, this sucks," and quit, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can sit there and adapt and face adversity. And mm-hmm. propel and, and expand from it, right? So, hey, let's let's develop really good interns. Let's, let's get to the point where our interns can be other coaches. Hey, let's get to the point where we can really understand how to manage a department and have a flow and a structure. We have 18 teams and it's like clockwork. You don't have any issues and it's no overlap. 
And, you know, you get in at a certain time and you're consistently done maybe at the same time every single day because you trust mm -hmm. the person that you go to work with every single day. So it presented certain challenges. I think every job presents its own challenges, whether you're coming from a MEAC school at HBCU level or whether you're coming from an SEC, you know, or Pac-12 or Big Ten school. Every school has its challenges. That's the reality of the profession. So working at an institution like, you know, with the tradition of HBCUs and where you have kids that, you know, that are going there and come from different backgrounds and struggles, that's diversity. Yeah. My assistant, yeah. Kitzman, you know, was with me in Iowa as an intern, and then I was able to bring him on full-time <clears> to the state. And he's from the middle of Iowa, farm uh -huh. farm town. So I, he comes to Delaware State, and he's at a historically black institution. Is understanding the culture and background. That guess what? He grows from that situation. He becomes a better coach. He develops relationships, and he expands. And his profile, his um, his you know, portfolio expands so much more because of the experience he goes through. So, there are there challenges. Were the challenges? Absolutely. Heck yeah. Well, that's that's the beauty of it, man. That's that's mm -hmm. the ride. That's. You know, that's the beauty of coming into a workout. Maybe the kids are not motivated to work out that day and say, no, this is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Enjoy and teaching um, the relationships with coaches. You know, when we got there um, and golly, in 2016, there was some work to do, right? It's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's cool. It's part of it, right? But we had to make sure the number one priority was developing relationships between our coaches and ourselves and our student athletes with ourselves as well. That was the biggest aspect was just developing relationships. That's, that was probably, you know, that was probably the hardest um, thing we had to do was develop those relationships because relationships take time. It yeah. Takes, yeah. It takes good things. It takes, there's good days, there's bad days. Like you talk about conflict and confrontation. There's nothing wrong with conflict and confrontation. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's put in negative light, but it's, it's very positive if you do it in the right manner. When you can sit down with a kid one on one in your office and look him or her in the eye and say, "We got to change the behavior. Let's let's go and correct this." And these are the things that we're going to do to go correct it. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't stop there. It's finding out about the kid and their background, understanding who they are, and listening to them. That's the beauty of all of it. So that's why we say, you know, that institution, that school, those kids taught me so much more about myself than anywhere else. And those relationships that you know I'm going to have to the day I die because those kids were tremendous. Seeing those kids grow, seeing their their growth not just physically but mentally and emotionally, mm -hmm. spiritually was was incredible. That's awesome, man! And, and biggest thing I took away from what you said, outside of you know building relationships, because I think that's always that's key in any job, building relationships and how you just get along, like many personalities. And you're gonna get a ton of those, especially at a place like Dell State. I've been there, man. So, um, but I like how you said it was just you and one other assistant, and you guys made it a thing to have your interns develop into like basically like intern assistant coaches. Yeah. Um, like how, how was that process for you? Like as soon as you got there and then realizing that and saying, Hey, this is something we need. Was it like an immediate thing that you needed? Or was it something that's like, Hey, this is just a process that we're trying to work these people into becoming assistants here as an intern. And then obviously help you try to get a full-time job elsewhere. You know what? It, number one, right. You look for people that exhibit certain traits. And, and one of those traits that we look for is just level of passion, right? Mm -hmm. How many times, you know, you're at your office, you might be at your computer, it might be some downtime and someone knocks at your door, they introduce themselves like, hey, I'm just looking to get into strength and conditioning. How can I get into it? You know, and mm -hmm. I reminds you of myself. You're looking for a direction, looking for a path. Hey, that's awesome. Let's sit down. Let's talk a little bit. Tell me about yourself. And then you sit down and kind of listen to them and their story and you know what their goals are. Okay, let's, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, number one, invest in you. There's going to be a curriculum to follow. This is the work. So, we're, number one, we're laying out the expectations. Mm -hmm. right? hey, these are the expectations. 
this is what we expect out of you. You know, you're going to be treated as professionals. So you need to act professional. So there's just kind of the expectations aspect, which is the most critical critical component. From there, they come in every single day and they have to display that work ethic. And over time, we always say, like, you're going to earn responsibility. Right. You're going to earn it. And that comes through time. That comes through trust. So once these young you know, professionals come in and they learn and they grow and, and there's potential there because they're, you know, they're passionate, they're proactive. And guess what? They get a little bit more responsibility and then they get a little bit more trust. And then you watch how they deal with student athletes or the professional student athletes. If they're, you know, if they're 21 and 20, 22 years old, they're, they're in the same age group. How do they carry themselves? So those are those are huge aspects to all of it. So once you can find or you can really develop importance to those young interns of yours, I mean, that's when that's when you, it benefits them, but benefits your program so much because then you really have a bunch of um, a staff, right, of mm-hmm. professionals that are all, are, are all common-minded like people. So that was a big aspect for us was, was the curriculum. We had to invest in them. Like, you're going to invest in us and take time out of your schedule because we're not going to be able to pay you, but, you know, we're going to be able to pay you in our ability to invest in you, our ability to network and, you know, and, and help you in the professionally. Because we always tell us our interns, like once you're done interning with us, it does the relationship just doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. Like that relationship is permanent. So if there's some, if you do a great job and there's trust, yeah, you need someone to make a phone call for you, we're going to do that. But in the same fashion, if you did not do what you're supposed to, it right, 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 ask people to be on your, on your reference list, right? It's a two-way street. So it's about investing. Again, it goes back to relationships, investing in people. You know, how would you want to be invested in if you were coming up as a young professional and how it be taught? So, you know, it's something you got to take pride in, right, as a staff, especially being a small school. We kind of understood, like, plus from our background and where we came from, how people invested in us, you know, we knew it was an obligation to do that for them, to help empower them and, and make them really good young professionals. That's awesome. And, and that's great leadership ability on you, man. So you, you coached many teams there, nine teams, obviously. You told me nine and nine between you and your assistant. I, I tell you what, when I first got there uh, – was you were coaching all eighteen of them? So, yeah. So you know, there's a you know how it works now. You know, sometimes there's that you know what they, what they call that the hiring freeze, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, snap. You've heard of that part. It's a hiring freeze. So it was a hiring freeze, of course, right? And okay. So um, like I was able to get out there for like three or four months. So it's out there by myself, you know, for eighteen teams. And listen, I I say that I know there are coaches Jeez, out there man. that are dealing deal with that full time. So my level of respect and admiration for them, sky's the limit. So like I kind of understand the struggle. But I still understand exactly what they go through on a day, day in and day out basis. I dealt with it for four months. There are people that are doing it every single day. And I tip my hat to them because that's an unbelievable deal and their value is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, from equestrian to, um, golly, to a lacrosse program, to a volleyball, basketball program, football program. You know, we had, we had to organize a department. We had to make sure we, you know, we set up something that we were proud of and mm-hmm. develop those, you know, that, I think that respect within our, administration did you travel with football and basketball no i traveled with just football did not travel with basketball okay because that my next question was how the hell did you balance out your family life traveling eight months oh, um, that, that would be a whole different that would be a whole different yeah no just just football got it at that and, and a big okay. part of that too is you know basketball travels so much longer you know throughout the week yeah, yeah hell yeah a week and there's no way we could have been able to support that you know that department would just you know with that staffing like that so okay when I find yourself, man, Central Michigan. So, what are, what are some things that you're doing over there right now, man? Like, how, have you been able to advance your career from a 20 year old intern head to where you're at now, man? Golly, you know, it's it's probably been relationships. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's 
being a dead horse, but it's really what that <laughs> is. So because sometimes, you know, we we look in our we look at our habits. We look at you never basically you never know where life's gonna take you. Mm-hmm. I, my one of my biggest philosophies is I'm going to be where I'm meant to be at. Okay. You know, I, I don't like wise person once told me, keep your head where your feet's at. Okay. Don't go and jump to the future. Don't just worry about where you're at and do the best job possible. Now, if you want to, Hey, how do I become, how can I be a great assistant? Well, be the best assistant that you're currently at at your job. Like work, focus on the right now. Mm-hmm. So it kind of was funny was, um, I basically a couple of my former athletes had vouched for me uh, when a job came open here in Central Michigan and say, hey, you know, one of our strength coaches from back in the day, Joel Welsh, thinks he can do a great job, just, you know, froze him to the hat. And that was kind of the the door opening for myself. And, you know, from there, you know, got in contact with some of the staff and it's kind of worked out that way. So it's funny how life works. You, you never know when life where life's going to take you. You never know that kid that you're coaching 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm comes a coach one day, you know. Those, and, those, those guys are coaching at Central Yeah, they're, they're, they were coaching. And, That's awesome, man. They were coaching, and they go a little bit. Uh, so I had some level of impact in their lives in some way, shape, or form, where they felt like they could throw my name into a ring. And which well, all that does doesn't give you anything. It just gives maybe an opportunity to get on a phone call with some with you know some people, and mm-hmm. that's what it was. And then from there, was able to um, you know, knock on wood. Fortunately, was able to you know get the job here and. Been a heck of a ride, man. It's been it's been a heck of a ride. It's been it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. You just you're the man. You're you're the relationship man. No, God, no, no, it, no it's not. It, it starts at spring. Starts at Springfield. It started. It started. Queens College. It started. You yeah. know, in the, in the back in the day when you don't know what the hell's going on, and you know this everything we do, we depend on other people for it, right? Uh-huh. Like, Everything we do, it's relationship building. It's, you know, when you walk in every single day to your office and, you know, you go in your office and the trash is out and everything's taken care of because, you know, the custodials came in and did it, you know, and that's that's an appreciation. That's an understanding of, of their work that they do. You know, you walk in the bathroom, it's clean, right? That's everyone has a job. And part of that job is understanding everyone's value. And that's a huge aspect to what we do is understanding, you know, people's value and helping people grow their value, which in the long run will help you make you indispensable to places. So that plays a huge role in, into what we do and what we preach. Okay. I like that, man. You're, hey, you're motivating the hell out of me right now, brother. Not even, man. I, I want to get I'm out looking, and do dude, I'm looking right at now, you man. from when we first met to what you're doing now, man. You're, you're, listen, dude, you're, you're killing it right now. So don't. I'm, tr- I'm trying, man. Listen, you know what my thing is, Joe, honestly, my, my secret is this, and I tell my athletes the same thing. I look at what I've done. At the end of the year, look at what I've done throughout the year. Yep. And then once it comes, you know, around that Christmas time, I sit down with myself and I write that shit down on paper. And I'm like, okay, here's what I've done. How do I improve it? How do I make it better? Yep. You know, how, how do I evolve? How do I keep things changing? Because I, I don't know. I got, I got you know, like people talk about mental health. My mental health is chasing perfection, and I know it doesn't exist, but I'm still out there looking for it. You know, Absolutely. and I'm still trying to do things. That's like, you know, I tell my, I tell my kids all the time. Yeah, I, I co- you know, I interned with the Giants for one year, and I was great. I'm here at Monmouth now. Listen, I'm still going to operate like I'm at that level. I'm creating all these dashboards on Excel sheets, and I'm still trying to evolve those to make everything look cleaner and better. And you know, I don't know, man. That's just my thing, brother. So I appreciate the kind words, man. Thank you for uh for enlightening me on myself there. <laughs> Heck no, man. I saw. I remember you came to my office one day. I'm like, who's this guy, man? I used to play here. 
When you started quizzing, <laughs> what was this guy quizzing me? <laughs> but then, but then though, but then I go backwards and I think about who your strength coach was. I'm like, it makes all sense mm-hmm. because you you knew what a professional was when you were an 18, 22 year old, year old kid, and you walked into that Delver State little closet of a weight room. Back oh my god, that's worth tiny man. And you wor- walked in and there was a guy that was building that place the right way and didn't mm-hmm. matter the resources. What mattered was his investment into you guys and how he poured himself into you and held you guys accountable. And that was a mentor of mine to Raymond Braithwaite, right? So yeah. you cut him and you sit in my office, right? You're an alumni and you're like, hey, let me let's let me figure out something about you. Let me see if it kind of adds up. And that's all that's awesome, you know, and that's the beauty of it, right? Because we look at ourselves in this thing and 10, 15 years from now, our student athletes are going to remember the lessons we taught them and are going to mm-hmm. either you know, impart those values, maybe the kids they coach or the, or their own kids. And plus two, then they know what's, what's real out there and understanding, Hey, no, that makes sense. No, that doesn't. Don't believe that because they're going based on the past experiences from the people that have impacted them. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, coach Braithwaite, man, I got funny stories about that guy. I'm not going to mention them, <laughs> but it's funny. Cause I consider him one of my like great mentors, great coaches yeah. I've ever had in my life as, as an athlete. And I, I never tell him this, but maybe I should, but there's times where, like, Dude, there's times when I'm coaching and I'm just yelling at a kid and I'm like, I got no remorse for how you feel. Like, no, that's, <laughs> you that's should, that pathway shit, man. You should, remember, man. Dude, I remember this one time our head coach, I mean, he was ready to kill us all in practice and he just stops practice. He looks at Brathway and he's like, you run him. You run him till he can't see. <laughs> Brathway blows that whistle and then, man, listen, when we're conditioning our guys, I'm like, dude, you better you better just finish this damn rep for I run you till you can't see. And I just mm-hmm. had these flashbacks about how, you know, Coach Ray Ray used to treat us, man. It was awesome. It was good stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's funny. Because you said yours, uh, you guys came from Iowa. Coach Ray's an Iowa boy, I believe. He yep. uh, raised out there, I think. Right? Oh, you know, he was born. I know, he was, so he's a New York guy. He's in New York, Queens, New York. Um, born and raised in Queens, New York, and then he was raised, uh, I believe, in Tampa. But that's right. I forgot he was a, a New York guy. Yeah, un- unbelievable, phenomenal coach, about person. Can't can't speak more about that, you know. And um, he's been through it, you know. He wasn't yeah. a dose. He understood the struggle. Like he understood how to pour into kids. He understood how to wake up every single day and and do the job with the professionalism the right way and not back down. So that's all part of it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, one thing I've learned later in life as an adult from things that he, he did as a coach at Dell state, man, he left a footprint there. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that much from, from where we started from my freshman year to when he left, I think my junior year, the footprint he left there still exists. Um, And that's what I try to do. Like I try to do that at Fordham. I'm trying to do that at Monmouth, you know, cause you never, like you said, you never know. Uh, try to be indispensable, but you never know when your time's up to go and then take a new challenge and you want to be able to leave that footprint currently where you're at. And then once you're gone, people are still talking about you, you know? Absolutely. And they still, when I was there, they still were talking about them. And that yeah. just goes to show you, you know, what that place was built upon, especially that new facility. I mean, he had I me. Mean, I mean, that new facility at Delaware State and that weight room is unbelievable. I mean, it, it is a huge space, great space. And um, he was a huge part in developing that space and that structure. So you know, that program owes a lot to him. No, definitely, definitely do, man. But hey, forget about that guy, man. We'll talk to him. I'll talk to him at the I'll talk to him at the CSCC when I see him. But. <laughs> let's get back. Hey, let's talk about what you're doing right now with football, man. What, what do you got cooking up with you guys? Yeah, this we're, season, you know, we're in week five, you know, week five or eight week program. You know, it's um it's it's funny when you start out and you, and you do something for the it's kind of the progression of a strength conditioning coach, right? Mm-hmm. And was talking to our assistants about this. There's something about having longevity at a program. You know, a lot of times, one of the mistakes I've made as a young coach coming up when I first took over Delaware State 
was they got to Delaware State, right? And I'm sitting there and you got your team, let's say it's like 90 guys, for instance, like 90 guys. You have 90 guys in a room and all right, you know, freshman on one program, you know, got developmental two, you might have some transitional, got some team guys, you might have like, you know, four different things you're doing because you look at where the kids are at and you're chasing different things. And that's not a bad thing at all. It's it's awesome. It's, and that's how it should be done. But I sat there and I kind of said to myself, like, geez, these, let's go backwards. Like this kid is not advanced. They mm-hmm. might have been lifting for a while, but they're not advancing your system. And that's part of progression and developmental stuff and progressing your kids from phase in to phase out in year one and year two, right? So we all understand that our freshmen are, are completely different than our juniors and seniors, right? We understand these things. But in saying that, there's also understanding that those kids might be all novices to the way you do things and the way you train them. So there's time, you, there, there has some times when you kind of really look and delve back into your programming and remind yourself, you know, the basics apply to 80% of your locker room. Mm. You know, and don't get fancy, you know, keep keep things simple, but have an unbelievable, have an ability to understand progression, but also have an ability to understand regression. And okay. that's the cool part to, to programming and designing. Like we're here at year five, right? And it's cool. And, you know, one of the years that we had probably a lot of good progression in our training was probably, you know, um, a year and a half ago with our team, we had an older group of guys who are now, you know, into that senior and redshirt senior year. And we're a little bit different now. We're a little bit more, we're a younger outfit. So we had to, you know, regress some stuff and go back to the basics. And you know what? This, this worked for us a couple of years ago. We, let's, let's revisit the basics. That's a huge aspect. So sometimes it's not about just, you know, progress, progress, progress in what you do. Right. You know, it may be another extra week of accumulation phase. It might be, you know, another week of tempo work. It's probably needed, not just from understanding, you know, postural integrity and strength, but also understanding just about there's a training maturity that has to happen, right? There's training maturity, physical aspect, but there's also a mental maturity that takes place within the weight room. Like how many times you have these kids come in the weight room for the first time, you know, 17, 18 years old, you're the strongest kid in high school. Hey, yeah, I'm squatting, you know, 500 pounds. Yeah. The kid's not, that kid may be strong, but, you know, globally to the room, he might be the only, only one, one of, you know, five guys can squat that much, which might be great for you for the ego, but that he has not reached his potential at all. Mm-hmm. So now you have 50 more pounds on the bar because you want to, you know, inflate your ego. That kid crashes. Bar drops himself. He gets hurt. Whose fault? Well, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. You take into account the mental maturity as well, right? So a lot of times when we were bringing the kids in the first time, there's, there's the mental aspect of it of understanding about just basics of weight room etiquette, right? And as simple as how do you approach the weight room? How do you, you know, approach a rack? What's your setup like? You know, how do you squeeze the bar? Those are sometimes the intangibles that we forget that as a coach, I got to remind myself because, it, you know, the older guys might understand it, but the younger developmental kids don't. So, that's all part of, of the progressions and understanding, you know, who you're dealing with in your room, you know, what type of kids you have, what, what's your makeup of your program. So, and that's the beauty of it, you know, don't be a slave to your program. You know, there's times you sit there and, you know, you reverse engineer it and you're looking at a program, you're done, you feel great about yourself. And then you get midway through it, like, ah, let's make some changes. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, ah, I'm not going to change. That's another thing that I've had to all the yeah, time yeah. understand that. It's like, no. Just because you wrote it down, you know, six weeks ago doesn't mean you can't change it. You know, freaking change it. You know, right. maybe the organizational logistics wasn't there how it was supposed to be. Maybe the warm-up wasn't as detailed as it needed to be. Maybe they struggled in this movement. Go back, regress it, go to the basics. You know, so those things are part of like you talked about evaluation stuff, right? And that's part of the evaluation as coaches that we're constantly doing. Like as a staff, I'm fortunate to have such an unbelievable staff, you know, that works with our program. And we're, every day, there's, there's a debrief happening. You know, before we go into the workout, we're sitting down before the day gets started. Organizationally, logistically, things are set up. 
indoor, the weight room. And then we're talking about what the day is going to look like, who has what area, how it's going to look, who's going to be working with these um, freshmen, who's going to be working at these racks. Okay, these things we're looking at. And then there's the post. Okay, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. What was the mm-hmm. good? What was the bad? What were the positives? What are the things we need to remind ourselves going into next week? So that that, that analysis and evaluation always has to be happening because there are things I might have not seen in the lift that one of our assistants might have, you know, plus it gives them some autonomy and some input in the workout. Understand like, Hey man, I could have done a better job here or saw this, et cetera, et cetera. Because as a director, that's what you really seek. You seek the opinions of your staff. You're seeking their knowledge. You're seeking their, the way they saw things from their, from their viewpoint. Right. And that's, that's part of an inclusive staff. So, and listen, like, you would hope every person in the staff has aspirations of developing in their career. So you want them all to think a certain and get them thinking a certain way, mm-hmm. whether it's the number two assistant to the G or the intern, we are teaching our staff cons- you know, consistently how to think, okay, Hey, the head football coach is going to talk to you tomorrow about the workout. What will your response be? Well, what's your, you better have some input. You better understand what you're saying. Have some conviction in what, how you say it. That's right. part of this thing. Like, it's not just seeing it or knowing it. It's about now speaking with it with conviction. Mm-hmm. Right? So those are things that I kind of I lean heavily on with our staff just because it, it takes, you know, it takes a whole tribe, you know, to, to get the job done. No doubt, man. So you, you kind of have like a tier training system for like novice, intermediate and advanced. Yeah. So we have, we have development of one program for you know, basically okay. entry level programming. Right. Um, you know, then we have, and it's, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, it's such a different ball game that we're in right nowadays with the transfer portal stuff. Because now that I now, know, man, that's crazy. It's, it's different because now you, you look at it from a different perspective. You might have, you know, a kid coming to the program that's you know 22 years old, mm-hmm. for your guy, but you still have to do your due diligence. You know, so I'm, I'm we're not going to be in a rush to throw him in with the other guys, right? That's that's part of doing our due diligence, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's gonna be some you know progressions with them. We got to look how. How they look, see how they come in the door, you know, what their technique looks like, all, all that stuff, right? Strength, you can't get lost in the strength. Sometimes your best athletes or your best compensators, they take yeah. high, they hide things well. That's Master compensators, man. That's why they're really good at what they do, you know? So we have to scale back. That's why we evaluate every single kid when they first come in the door, you know, we're, you know, you know, it's, you call it the FMS, you know, we kind of have progressed a little bit in what we do and what we look at. This is to make sure we're doing our checks and balances from ink mobility, to RSI, um, to looking at body fat and DEXA scan. So we, we, we want to make sure we're doing a holistic overview of the kid and making sure we're really putting him on the, on the best plan possible to be successful. You got, you got fancy on me right there with the DEXA scan, man. You know, hey, no, that's <laughs> okay. You're, you're gonna, I wish I had one. I wish I had one. And we don't have one either. But Oh, you know, okay. I, th- I thought you said, I thought you were. No, no, I did say that because based on relationships. So we've developed, you know, okay. really good relationships with our exercise science department on campus. So one thing perfect. Perfect. One of the things that we learned, especially you talk about small school stuff, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes you hear this like, hey, I'm at a small school, but we don't have the resources. Like, screw that. Like, listen, when we were at Delaware State, we didn't have t- our technology with jump mats. Okay. That was our the best technology our, in the world. That, that's the, <laughs> we had some Broward timing gates. That was technology for us. Uh-huh. So if you want to go a little bit deeper into it, you want to sit down every single day with a kid and, and talk to them and kind of do like a survey and say, hey, man. What's going on today? You know, any issues and have that conversation with sport medicine. Heck yeah. You know, that's that's all that's all part of it. So, you know, don't look at what you don't have. Look at what you can, what you do have, and then realize what you can manufacture out of just putting your head together and figuring out 
what you can be successful at. Like whatever that you're looking for, find the best route in order to accomplish the things that you look that you're looking for. Okay. So GPS, I'm not trying to jump off topic. It's like the GPS stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you have all this information, all this data, but make the information work for you. Look at the data, see the things that you want to look at. You have all these metrics. Focus on the main things that you want to look at and identify, and then attack those things. Mm-hmm. You know, to go back backwards though with the DEXA stuff. We got a really good relationship with our exercise science department, which has been tremendous because they're a part of, you know, they kind of help us with interns, you know, in a way. Okay, okay. But what we have, what we've done is twofold. We go to their classrooms. And we speak to those students. We we do recruiting, right? Because sometimes the best kids you can have are the ones on campus mm-hmm. that might not know the opportunities. So what we what we like to do is we like to go to um, classrooms and we speak to the classes, you know, exercise science classes, the masters, and the grad programs, and we speak to those young people and we kind of talk to them about what the profession is, what's about, and we we don't talk about so much about our Central Michigan program. We talk to them about the profession. Period. Because okay. If you have the true desire about the profession, then that can create some interest into our program. You know, okay. so that's how it kind of started. And then from there, you know, we were able, you know, at times to send our kids once the kid gets in there and we'll send them and they do a really good job. You know, they treat people with respect because they have that's awesome, them. man. That's awesome. And they go in there and it helps us out. So now we're able to sit down and look at, you know, lean, lean, um, lean muscle mass. We're able to look at body fat composition, we're able to look at right to left leg symmetry. You know what the lean mass totals and it's it's, it's more in depth now, right? With the decks and stuff, mm-hmm. it's a huge tool for us. You know, and it's all part of your biggest resource are the people. You know, those are your biggest resources. You know, are the people, and then seeing what you can do to really, you know, take advantage of of, of the relationships that you have, so you can get the things that you need to get in order for the kids. Okay. Dude, you make me want to like delete this episode, not put it on, just keep all this information myself, man. <laughs> <laughs> the secret Dude, to success out of here, man. No, man, it's it, it's it's really, and I sometimes it. Dude, this is clutch shit, man. This is like stuff I never thought about. No, you know? we we get it. It's it's being it's the it's the beauty of practicality, right? Okay, uh-huh. One of the best books, and I probably would say this for any young professional getting into strength conditioning: read the Golden Age of Strength Conditioning. Just read it, right? Golden Age of Strength Conditioning, Boyd Epley, and all those guys understand how we started okay yeah. understand our history because what happens is if you don't understand the history you don't really know where the heck we're going mm-hmm. and myself and our staff we read it about a year ago and the appreciation for what we have and where we're, and where we're at skyrocketed because you see where the ogs man the legends in this field started at in the path in where they have laid this profession for us today is tremendous. It's incredible. Like the respect that you have to have for the people before us has to be high because of what they went through, the sacrifices they made for little mm-hmm. pay to guess that, you know, I know, I know 45 K ain't the best. I get it. I know. I listen to talk to someone that was getting paid 40 K as, as the head guy, Delaware state. I understand it. I understand the struggles with, with family and kids to get to that was probably a big deal back in the day. You know, which is hell yeah, it was right. So I can't, you can't knock it all. And I took a job, you know, getting paid 10 to 15 K was what it was at the time, but was able to take a 10, 15 K job and turn that into a $35,000 job, turn that into a 45, turn that into a 50. It's about the elevation, the process of things. Mm -hmm. It's about understanding your values, about understanding, you know, you're going to earn value by showing up every single day and make an impact on someone's life. That's what value is. The value is the relationship that you have with the kids. Value is doing your job at a high level. Value is being proactive. Value is understanding how to deal with adversity 
understand the chaos and be able to be level-headed and find solutions. You know, the best leaders that you know of are people that know their path. They may not know exactly where they're going, but they're on a path and they have right. conviction on where they're and, and being on that path. You want to follow that person. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's one of the things we talk as a staff with ourselves is understanding, okay, hey, how can you create value? How can you bring kids with you? Like every day I come to work, Gio, I'm selling. I'm selling something, right? I'm selling our administration. I'm selling our coaches. I'm selling our players, our student athletes. We're selling these kids on something. Mm-hmm. Whether there's a vision, whether it's a new, you know, freaking protein bar in the filling station, whether it's an extra, you know, five bucks for a hot dog. I don't know, but we're selling people on things. And we're able to sell people on things because of our work and our value. Not just because we're asking for it, but because of the work we're putting into it. Mm-hmm. And it takes time. And those things don't happen overnight. But through those actions, day in and day out, and through your passion dealing with the kids, people are going to sit there like, okay, we got, we got to, let's, what can we do to help? You know, what can we do to help? So, you know, I know I'm, I tried, I jumped from the golden age book to that, but it's, it's, <laughs> it it's makes, all, but it all makes sense though. It's all part to of me. It. it makes sense. Yeah. It's all part of it. Like I, you look in this profession and you got, you know, coaches that are, how many, it's a real thing now, right? In 2023, we're talking more and more about coaches that are getting burned out. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's real, right? It's happening. You got a lot of good coaches out there that are leaving the profession because a lot of different things, not just one thing, but a lot of different things, right? So as a professional, I'm sitting here being this thing for 15 years, but I sit there and I look at a professional who's been in for 30 plus years. I'm like, Jesus, my respect for them is so high because of what they've been able to accomplish with probably less resources than we have today. That's incredible. Yeah, hell yeah. So the appreciation from the past, the understanding of where we where we started from, you gotta have those, you gotta have that understanding, but you gotta have that level of of appreciation for it. And put it to you in that in those terms, because you, know, you look at like a coach Marathi at Ohio State, you know, Coach Joey Batson, you know, Coach George Schmidt, Oklahoma. You got you got guys that have been in it for so long, and it's just like it's incredible, man. It's it's unbelievable and a tip the hat and so much respect for those coaches and those pioneers. So um, so much love for those guys, especially especially at those FBS levels where it's like it's like win win or that's kind of like win or get your head chopped off type of deal, you know. It's, it's different nowadays, right? You're recruiting yeah, yeah, yeah. Different from back in the day, which that's the whole other conversation too. But you know, I, I think it kind of goes back to you know, like yeah, we have Dexas, you know, because we have relationships with Exercise Science Department. Now we have to go in and guess what? We're going to talk to our students and help them and maybe help maybe spark. Maybe they might not want to be strength coaches, but maybe we spark something in them to going to PT route or go personal training, whatever the heck they want to do. Mm-hmm. You just want to help impact someone's life and help them find their path. This is awesome, man. I, lo- I, lo- I love your story, how you started, how you just persevered through all that stuff. And then to get to where you're at now, and it's, you, you sound like you're still grinding, not in a bad way, but like you're pushing and you know, you never got comfortable. I, I tell you what, man, it's a good, great mentor of mine has once said, you know, every day that guy knocks on the door, you just don't answer the door. Right. And basically okay. that that person at the door is maybe, oh, you're getting a little tired. Oh, you're getting a little old. No, screw that. We get an obligation to these kids. Like, yeah. how can I say as a coach and tell our kids how to deal with adversity if I'm not dealing with adversity on my own, know how to overcome it? Mm. How can I tell our kids not to finish, you know, finish drill, but I can't finish my paperwork? How can I, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can I, I know tell, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like, whatever, whatever you want to get out of your kids, you got to bring it. Like, if you want, if you go into a workout session, right, Gio, and you want energy from your kids, Guess what Coach Gio has to bring? I got, I got to be the thermostat, man. If you want, hey, yeah. you got great detail in this workout. 
But this what your warm-up is not set up. The sleds are not organized, wrong weights on there. Okay. You have zero understanding of okay, transition. Hey, we're gonna go from here to here. And the kids are confused. And how can I expect that detail from, from our student athletes? So mm -hmm. whatever it is, whatever it is that I want our kids to have, I gotta bring it. How can I talk about composure if I'm just rah, 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 you know, for 90 90 minutes straight? Right. Right. You know, so we we are examples for these kids every single day. Like no, who spends more time with our student athletes more than us? No one. The only other people in the department that <clears> might spend as much time as part of our, our academic support team, right? Right. So these kids, our kids are looking at us for examples. Like some of these kids might not have a father figure in their life. You might be the only father figure, consistent father figure that's there. So they're going to look at how you act consistently every single day. They're going to act. They're going to watch how, you know, for a family dinner and your families come you know, to the facility. They're watching how you interact with your wife. They're watching how you interact with your kids. We're examples for these kids every single single day, day in, day out. Our, our female athletes and our male athletes, two-way street. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a lot to be said about how we present ourselves as professionals to these kids to teach them, you know, just the, how to go about life, how to be successful, like how to go for a job interview, how to speak to people, you know, how to communicate, how to make eye contact, you know, how to have how, how to have a real conversation where you can sit down for more than five minutes and not look at your phone. Right, right, right. Real things we got to talk to our kids about, right? You know how to deal with real, you know, positive conflict and confrontation. How to mm -hmm. take criticism. Don't don't take it for the negative. I'm talking to you this way because I want you to be successful. If I didn't care about you, I wouldn't say anything to you at all. Mm -hmm. let's, let's understand these things. So that's part of you know us as professionals and why we got into this profession for the first for in the first place. Wasn't because of a logo, okay? Wasn't because of the fancy gear that you're gonna get or. You know, you, you feel good because now you can do all this. No, it's about the kids. It's always mm -hmm. about the kids because once it's about the kids, the answers to problems become a lot easier because then you're following the breadcrumbs because those, when, you, when it's about the kids, what you have to do becomes more clear. Hey, we got to get, we got to get some refueling station stuff taken care of. Our kids are not eating. Hey, we got to do A, B, and C, D. Like our kids, like when it is centralized about the kids, it makes your job so much easier. This is all. Do you do any motivational speaking or no? Hell, heck no, dude. No. You got to start, man. Come on. No, we ain't doing none of that. No, this is show up, do the job, and let's go to work. Like, it's, you know, we. I have the best job in the world. You know, I have the best Damn job. Right, you do. I get, get to wake up every single day. I get to walk into a place with no coat and tie, uh -huh. sweats. You know, I can come in and I can look at a young kid in the eye and, and tell them, hey, you can do this. I believe in you. I have faith in you. And I'll go out and do it. See, with kids nowadays, right? It's about real confidence, right? And you hear confidence a lot. And what we do is we're going to give kids real confidence. We're going to give kids real confidence by giving them a dose of hard work. And then it's their job and ability to overcome that hard work, be successful, do the job, and then be able to do it again. Mm -hmm. That's where the confidence grows. So I'm not going to tell a kid, hey, man, you're looking, man, you're looking so pretty, man. You're so tall, man, you're long. They don't, no, hell no. If I'm doing that, I'm failing my job. I'm adding to the problem. Mm -hmm. right? They have enough friends. They have enough people that are lie to them. And tell them things that they need to hear. I, I, bro, I swear to God, I told my team that yesterday when I broke yeah. them down. Your friends are going to lie to you. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you yeah. need people are going to tell them what they need to hear. And mm -hmm. part of that is, see, development, right, is about trust. Like, you can't have development without trust. Because in order for development to happen, you're taking a kid or a bunch of kids to a place they've never been before. Mm -hmm. right? You're taking them to the edge of that cliff. Now, you're going to take them to that edge. You're going to tell them, hey, you're going to jump. But it's going to be okay. If they don't trust you, if they don't trust in what we're doing or how we're operating, 
they're not going to take that leap of faith. They're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So that development doesn't happen, right? Right. The development happens through work. It happens through time. It happens through adversity, overcoming challenges. It might sound old-fashioned, but guess what? Old-fashioned works. You know, you can do all the pretty stuff in the world, but at the end of the day, a kid has to answer to himself and has to look in the mirror every single day and know whether or not they put the work in to be successful. You know, I'm a firm believer. Hard work pays off. I'm a firm believer that way. You know, that's what we're about. That's what you preach, right? All that jazz. But you get a kick and gain real confidence by doing real work. Mm-hmm. Real work is just starting something and finishing something. In a time where it's so quick to pull the trigger and say, I'm done. I don't want to do this. I'm pressing reset. I'm down 32-0 in Madden. I'm going to start a new game. Ah, this is not working for me. I'm not getting to play the time I want. I'm transferring. This is like... So when you can show kids and show them a follow through of the process and show them this stuff over mm-hmm. time, the confidence grows. Right. right. That's part of all this. It's their confidence being real confidence, not the fake jazzed up beat on my chest. I'm a five star kid because I got recruited by six programs. None of that BS. Again, my athletes, my athletes listen to my podcast. So this is great, man, because it'll um, take a lot away from this shit. It gets back to why we got into coaching in the first place. You yeah. Know, along, along the way, it. It can happen. You start to forget why you got into it in the first place. It, it happens. It doesn't get to feel bad about it. Things happen. You start sometimes to worry about the wrong things. Maybe you get lost in the social media world. Maybe you get lost in different aspects of everything. You, for, you forgot why you, you got into it in the first place. And it's always about, again, it's always about the kids because mm-hmm. when it's about the kids, you want to seek knowledge, right? Hey, I got I got to be the most knowledgeable person possible because I got to put our kids in the best position possible to be successful and to develop over time. Mm-hmm. Those are real things. I'm going to go seek knowledge. I'm not going to, it's not going to be SOS. We're not going to just do the same thing for the sake of doing the same thing year in and year out. No, we got to, we got to change. We have to adapt. We got to figure out, you know, it might, it might be, you know, it might be from a, a training perspective. It might be from, you know, a mentorship perspective. It might be from a book club, whatever you're doing, you have to adapt based on time, but also you're adapting based on the kids that you have in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Right? Every team, every year, every team's different. You know, I can't treat, you know, this year's team the same way we treated last year's team. Mm-hmm. can't you know those kids either got older or you got new kids that haven't heard the message before so you got to kind of have don't lose a sense of you know who you are and some of the same you know maybe um you know words that you've always said but you also got to adapt and you know change as as time goes as well emptied out the tank on me let's uh no, you know i I'll, I'll say this this has been you know strength conditioning is and i still feel this way it's mm-hmm. the best profession in the world if you want to Build relationships, right? If you want to make an impact on someone's life and if you want to leave a legacy. My mentor has always told me that. Like, there's no better professional world where you're gonna meet people from different backgrounds, from different, you know, aspects of the country. You know, I've been fortunate to really, you know, be able to coach kids from every different, you know, part of the country. You know, be able to deal with kids from, you know, um, from Florida, deal with kids from, you know, Baltimore, you know, DC, you know, upper, you know, New England area, you know. Michigan, Iowa, California, all, and it's been a blast because you deal with so, so many different kids with so many different backgrounds and you just, you get to be a part of so many people with different lives. And that's part of the impact aspect, right? Like we're dealing with, you know, in the course of years, like you're, you're dealing with, you know, maybe 500 different student athletes, but they all remember you, mm-hmm. right? And we might forget some of the kids you might've coached, but they're never going to forget you because right. that's one thing that's constant because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, that's your legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't listen, 
I'm the director here at Central Michigan. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I don't own this chair that I'm sitting in. Mm-hmm. I don't own it. It's on a lease. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My job, my responsibility is elevating this chair. So then when I leave, whenever, right? If, you know, whatever the hell, this, you know, 2023, you know, freaking life gets you. But when I'm when my time is done, I've hoped to have elevated my chair bigger than when I walked into. And the next person comes in, they elevate the chair. The next person comes in, they elevate it. That's the beauty of this profession is our ability to elevate our chairs where we sit at by elevating the people that you work with and inspiring those kids every single day and watching them grow. Mm-hmm. Like that's the beauty of being somewhere, you know, for going to five years, you're able to see those kids develop from 18 to 19 to 20. That's a hell of a journey, man. You know, sometimes when you jump from job to job, you don't really kind of understand you programming, programming all the way through. And that was one of the things I had to understand more was, you know, my first year, you know, at Delaware State, okay, you program, okay, I pat myself on the back, did a great job. Mm-hmm. You don't really see those things until three years down the line now. Because right. that's the beauty of programming is being somewhere long enough to really see it through. Mm-hmm. Then, then you can make your, okay, you know what? This make, doesn't make sense. Let's go backwards. Hey, you know, we can do a little bit more of this. And that's where you can really create your own system. See, as a professional, when you can sit there and develop systems, the, the path is yours. Mm-hmm. Because you have an understanding of, of, of programming. You have an understanding of what the kids need. You know, what year they are, what you know, what position they are. You understand that needs analysis aspect, right? You understand what that 17-year-old needs something different than that 22-year-old. You understand what might have worked for him at 17. It's not going to work for him at 22 anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be a little bit too advanced. He wasn't prepared for it just yet. Hey, that new transfer kid that you thought was going to be rock solid. He's not rock solid. You got to go backwards. You got to regress it. So having that ability to reverse engineer, having that ability to have adequate progressions, but understanding regressions, but the ability to see it holistically and being in a place for a certain amount of time to be able to have that awareness is huge, is huge because that helps you so much down the line as a professional. Yeah. Because then you can see the kid, like, you know, how what we've been doing for the past three years has been working. Well, let's look at the kids, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior year. Let's, let's look at his individual profile. Let's look at his body weight gain. Let's look at his body, body weight loss. You know, has his body fat decreased? You know, has he, you know, gained, you know, lower body mass? Is he getting any faster? Has he gained size, but decrease in power? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hey, we're going to develop this, you know, listen, we're, we're a Mac program, okay? We're going to preach development because guess what? We're not going to get a bunch of five-star kids in here. Mm-hmm. So give us the kid that's going to be the undersized, under-recruited kid who's a tough kid, who's going to show up every day, do the job. Can we get this, you know, 225-pound tight end developing maybe to a 285, 295-pound guy? How's that going to happen? Well, it's not going to happen overnight. Well, you need the resources. What are those resources? Well, you need food, right? You need to feed the kids. You got to have, you know, sound programming. You have to be on top of them. So over time now, four years, you have a look at, okay, hey, where's this kid at? Now he's a 305-pound left tackle. Okay, he's progressed. His, you know, his power quotient. Remember, you know, Coach Leach was talking about it. He's, he's ahead of the game. What he's doing at Rhode Island is awesome. I, I love that kid. I coached him at Springfield, and he has such a – Did you really coach him? Yeah, he was there. I, I that was my my second year at Springfield, but you know, double power quotient, right? He's he's okay. he's on him. He knows it, right? Like you can talk about power quotient, right? Like so, we're gaining size over time. Our power should be improving as well, right? But if we're looking at it, and that kid, you know, when he's two hundred twenty five pounds and he jumped, you know, thirty five inch vert, and now he's you know fifty pounds heavier, and he's you know jumping you know thirty five. That's not bad. That's a pretty darn good thing. He put on some freaking mass and his power. So that's that's incredible. Now he's moving. Instead of being 225 pounds, he's doing it at, three, at you know 280. 
Yeah. Austin Power Coaching guy is getting up as opposed to he's gaining, you know, you know, 50 pounds, but he's dropped, you know, 10 inches in his vert, you know, everything's wicked lower. Yeah, you're gonna have some, you know, issues here and there with some of the speed stuff. But if those numbers are pretty down darn close and he's increasing muscle mass over time and he's developing, he's on the right trend, he's on the right path. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh if I know, but it's it's really and I based on the point I'm trying to make is there's value in being somewhere for a period of time and following through for a program and seeing it through and understanding if you're progressing or not. Yeah. I would, I would say like to kind of wrap it up, like with, I don't want to say the the state of what the world is today, but basically, you know, we're different now than like when you interned, when I interned, you know, it was obviously different. We were in different times I could say, right. Um, Inflation wasn't as crazy. I mean, shoot, I came up through the, uh, what do you call it? Through the, um, the recession era away coming out of college, but with interns today, Mm -hmm. In the way the way you described how you utilize interns and how you've grown and groomed them and developed them into assistants within your program, I thought it's a great thing. What would be like your word of advice for them in today's state of like every time I'm put so just to throw it out there, when I'm trying to hire interns, they're always talking about, hey, they have a they gotta get a job, they can't be here full time, they can't be yep. here five days a week, you know, yep. time commitments vary and stuff like that. I don't know if you face the same challenges, but what would be your word of advice to them in staying the course and having to Put the time in. I know you're not getting paid, but you know, X, Y, Z. You know, you know, I'm trying to go with this, Joel. I do. So I'll, I'll I'll say this. So one of our assistants on staff, that was her. Okay. She was a graduate student. She was a GA in our exercise science department. Nicole Stanish, who is a rock star. She's up and coming. Just watch out for. Her. But she was a GA. She was a GA in exercise science department. She interned for us. You know, things happen. We had some transition on staff and we needed some of our people to step up and she stepped up and it was an opportunity for her to really get her feet wet and to be like, hey, I need you to show up to practice. I need you to warm up the team. But again, she had to earn responsibility mm-hmm. to the point where we were to start paying her as a student assistant, where then from her, from that aspect, guess what? Guess who fell in love with her or, or basketball staff or women's basketball staff fell in love with her? Hey, we need to keep her. We want her. We need to hire her. Absolutely. Find mm-hmm. the funds to do it. Let's create another position. Let's let's put a little pressure on administration to get this thing done, right? Like there's a, there's a person that's creating value. Let's go get this. And you know she's our she's rock solid. I mean she's on our staff. She's kicking butt. She's a product of that. So you know I look at some of our, our best people. I look at our people that have gone through our internship program. And I look at the ones we have now. We have a young lady um, Jessica Rowland, unbelievable rock star. Same same path. And the commonality that they both had was. They're present, they're active, and they care, you know, and they created value for themselves. They created value for themselves through their passion, through their work habits. Like they came in, they were proactive, didn't have to tell them like, hey, please stock the fridge with, with protein shakes. They just did it. Hey, they're flying around. They're getting little things like what is you know, the best, you know, the best assistants understand they have to make their boss's job easier, right? Like, right. We, we understand with that mentality. Like my job is support my staff the best way possible is to make them as successful as possible, invest in them, help them, you know, live their dream and get them everything they want for understanding about the process and working the tails off. As an intern, if they can come in here and they make our jobs easier, holy cow, by then understanding what they have to do, coming up with great passion, they ask the right questions, they're here, they're available. I get it. The work, that's a real thing. But let's just call a spade a spade. Like, they got to want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know? And if you want to do something, you're going to find a way to be there. 
because those opportunities are going to come up right when they're attacked right they're going to those opportunities are going to come up and grow when they're here and available so you know i just think of our, our best interns and the opportunities they created for themselves because they were here they were present they had an unbelievable level of passion for the kids um they stepped up they wanted to be around they wanted to learn and they just had a maturity about themselves that they had to sit down and talk to them about hey professionalism they didn't have to do that. They just mm-hmm. were. They just were, you know, had a great, you know, great background. They they got it. They had their head on their shoulders, you know. And also, I, if I'm a young intern coming up, you got to have a real conversation with yourself. Are you mature enough for this opportunity? Because okay. especially if you're in a small school, like if you're in a small school and you're a student there, the likelihood of you being at their same age and, you know, going to maybe just the same places that the student athletes are going, it's going to be real. You know, that's going to probably happen. But it's how you carry yourself. Are you going out there trying to be with the, be cool like the athletes and play with them? You're not going to get any real respect that way. That's not going to help you professionally. It's going to kill you in the long run. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. I've seen a lot of good coaches go down that route. They had a really good, a lot of potential. But they won that student-athlete lifestyle. And then guess what? You professionally, you don't really be able to develop what you need to be. Um, right. That's a huge part of it. So I, I think those are the main things I think about. For, for our young interns just have a growth mindset you know right yeah definitely definitely well another question i want to ask you this earlier and it just yeah. slipped my mind but i'm thinking about it now so you're a father of three i think right three or yep. two three three, three yep. how do you hit that switch from working with other people's kids to coming home and then now having to motivate your kids and you're probably tired as hell at the end of the day oh god got, got that got that super dad energy man what what, what a what a comedy skill it was chris rock right chris rock said you know when i became a father i looked myself in the mirror and said you know you don't matter anymore <laughs> um, it, it's a it's a real thing like i'm i'm spending more time with our kids here mm-hmm. and my staff that i use sometimes my own family mm-hmm. it's a real thing right it's a real thing that's, that's the strength coach's life man that's right and you have to sit there. Maybe sometimes, and I was talking to our staff about this, you know, you have to have, a, you have to develop a, a routine for yourself that is going to be something that you believe in, that your family believes in. First of all, it starts with my wife. Like, I can't do anything for my wife. I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the one that holds down the floor. She's the one, she's the one that is the rock. I can't do anything without her. So when I come home, it's like when I leave the office, I'm leaving the office at the office. And what I have to do, to be honest with you, Gio, what I have to do a lot is when I get done, when I finally sit down at the end of the day and it's all done, I got to take about 10, 15 minutes, maybe sometimes 40 minutes just to sit down there for a second in my office, mm-hmm. you know, put some music on, write some journal, some stuff down, get in my own head. And that allows me to shut that day off. Mm-hmm. When I go home, it's about them. It's about their day. It's about how school was. It was about all. It's about I'm not bringing work home. I ain't doing that. Yeah. Once I leave it, I leave it. Yeah, I get it. You know, the phone's always on. You know, kids go for stuff. They call you up. That's part of it. But when I'm home, I'm home. Not just in physical presence, but mentally. So, you know, there, there's there's a balanced routine with that. I think that all comes in someone's routine. Um, mm-hmm. say, listen, I'm still figuring it out, dude. I ain't. I don't got this down by any back. I screw up. <laughs> you know, I make a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. along the way. Like, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah, if it's you know, if it's hot, don't maybe you don't need to celebrate Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. You celebrate a different day of the week. You know, maybe you celebrate you know, someone's birthday and the day before when they're younger, they don't ruin their birthdays. Just right, right. <laughs> so, 
you know, I'm guilty. Ah, oh, your birthday is tomorrow. Don't worry about it. It's not, you know, that, but. It's, it's the parenting cheat code right the here. The parenting cheat code, but I think, I think the beauty is, number one, the support that you have at home. Mm-hmm. You know, also, I, I like to get my kids here. You know, I, you know that's the beauty about, you know, being the strength coach and being in the weight room. I'm able to share, you know, part of this with them. You know, mm-hmm. our head football coach is incredible that way. You know, he's awesome about family. And we're able to bring, you know, we have family dinners during the season where you know, my kids and my wife are here with the whole team. We're having dinner to we're breaking bread with the whole team. You know, I'm able to bring my kids here to work and after school, they can run around the weight room for a little bit and jump on the plow boxes and play with the stability balls. And, and I can take them on the football field and they're part of the game, you know, game, you know, um, game day stuff. And those are memories that they're going to have for them forever. But, you know, with those memories, they're going to remember, you know, that I'm there, I'm spending time with them. And that's, you know, you can, you know, put all into your kid and, and parenthood's a crapshoot. I mean, we all know that. I mean, it's, you can do it, everything the right way and still screw up, you know? Right, and, right, right. I think every day, as long as you're in your present, you're there, you're, you're talking to someone that came from a single parent household. Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I grew up with, you know, my mom, my grandmother raised me and um, they raised me tough. They raised me hard because they knew where, you know, I was walking, when I walked, left that apartment every single day, I was in the Bronx. You didn't understand what the environment was. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have a father figure there. So what meant a lot to me was watching my mother go out there and sacrifice and work her tail off and, you know, watching her, you know, work you know, freaking nine to five and get home at seven o'clock and still make, you know, an hour of time for us to sit down at the dinner table and sit and eat. So if my mom can do it, why the hell can I not do it? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, so I, I swear, yeah. and there's it's no excuses for it. If I'm tired, good. You get to sleep an hour. But right now, get with those guys, you get with the kids, you play around with them. You do, you're active, you're a part of their lives and you get to sleep and go to bed and you wake up the next day, you do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, if I get to a point where I can't do that anymore, then I take myself out of the profession. That's what the reality is. Now the sob stories on a poor me to find a solution to a problem. You get it, you get it corrected. But, you know, I, I had that visual coming up as a kid. I had my mother do it. I saw that being done every single day and there was no father figure in, all, in my life. So it was her doing it. So if she can do it as a single parent. Why the hell can I not do that? as a father in a two parent household. Yeah. So that's how I, how I look at it. Um, you know, and it's, it's part of what we do, man. That's dope, man. That's awesome. Stop, man. You, you're dude, you are the man. I'm seeing you, man, progress in this thing and, and get to know you for the years I've known you for, man. I'm, I'm proud of you, dude. You keep banging. Appreciate you, it, man. Hey, but the profession's awesome, brother. Right, right before I let you go, I'm going to ask everyone this question. You can't say teacher because that's a scapegoat. If you weren't a strength coach, what other career do you see yourself doing? Oh, man, um, probably probably a firefighter or something. You know, I, I couldn't do the nine. I mean, we all, it's funny how we all think the same way. We couldn't do a nine-to-five job, right? We couldn't. I don't know. You got to be active. But, you know, probably, probably, fire, you know, probably in the fire department or something. And, you know, so, something just to be active, something not to just sit around all day and just, you know, think about crap, just to be active and, and get around and do stuff. But um, so it's a phenomenal profession, man. It's nothing else like it. You know, the, the rush that you get, you know, the impact you have on the kids, the relationship that you build every single day. It, 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 you, again, like I said before, the kids that I had at Denver State were our kids and those relationships. I can go on my phone and just call those guys up and it's just a, it's just a mutual love, you know, and it's, I still have their, our old photo from back in the day, one of our summer workouts in my office now. Um, because it just is a reminder of, you know, all the work that you got to do in order to get the thing that you want to get. So those guys mean the world to me. All those kids mean the world to me. So really appreciative of all the kids that I've been able to meet along the way. 
No doubt, man. And listen, I appreciate you getting on here and everyone's going to appreciate, you know, listening to your story and, you know, your way to overcome adversity and just battle through things and just continuing to be the man that you are today and just continue to push for greatness, man. This is awesome stuff. Hell no, man. On, man. No, like, again, man, um, again, I, I appreciate every strength coach out there that's doing bang, this banging right now. They're working their tails off. They're doing it. Um, they're struggling through it, you know, financially and all, and all the struggles you got that as a strength coach, I see we all we all struggle for it. we all appreciate it. I appreciate what you guys do because it's about the kids. So a tip to that to all the guys and you know the female strength coaches and male strength coaches out there that are banging every single day. It's about the kids. Tip to that to all you guys, man.